Alright guys, welcome back to another week of the Wrecking Crew Podcast. This week right here, we're kicking off Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, we've been out of the pocket for about a month, month and two months. Uh, we, we got a new Wrecking Crew member, which is my son. Uh, and kind of threw things, not really threw things off, but we kind of took a slowdown there. We're going to get back in the swing of things now. Um, we do have a special guest for y'all this week. Uh Jordan Blissett with uh, Primo's Outdoors, or Primo's Speak the Language, so I hope, our Primo, and Primo's Hunting, y'all have seen him on TV, uh, several, if you watch the Outdoor Channel, for sure, you've seen him on TV, good fella, good Christian man, and he knows a lot about hunting, uh, and knows a lot about the industry, uh, we hope y'all enjoy it, uh, as always, remember, uh, to check out our sponsors, Three Rivers Coffee. Use the code uh, WC Outdoors. Check out Rectifier Choke Tubes, Conviction Game Calls, and Serious Wind Indicators. Y'all give them some love and some likes. They need y'all's business. We should be ready to go now. My brother-in-law, Noah Thrower's here. He can hear you good. So. The man that ain't on time. <laughs> Hey, he didn't give me a time to be here, so I don't know if I could be off time. Well, our normal time is 5.30. Well, I had to get gas. Is my mic on? That, that's when he's coming home from work. Can yeah, you hear? Yeah, I was not at work. I don't feel like I can. There it is. All right. All right. Well, well, we'll get started. Let me, uh, let's, let's introduce everybody and then we'll get to going real good we're on we're recording i mean it's what me and him were talking about earlier i said we've recorded before and oh we've talked for an hour and never hit record before <laughs> <laughs> i told him the I, next next part he said i said the next part when you record it again it's yeah. a lot shorter a lot shorter <laughs> man, he said that's how they are <laughs> That's why we didn't talk much about what we were going to go over. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started here. Welcome back, guys, to another week of the Wrecking Crew podcast. Uh, you got your co-host, Will Dodd and Noah Thrower here. Uh, we got a special guest, uh, Mr. Jordan Blissett with Primos. And you, you've you got another job title, too, now, don't you? Yeah, well, i got a couple, actually. I'm a health coach and a real estate agent, so I'm a busy, busy fella. Yeah, oh. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, we're gonna uh, start it off by kind of talking about what the what preparation. Uh, Jordan here, he's as many of y'all if y'all listen to the Primos podcast, he he likes the prep. He he likes talking about the prep work and getting ready for deer season, and everything that goes into uh, that. So I kind of let him get started off here. Oh shoot! Uh, where do you <laughs> want to start? Uh, well, how about y'all's uh, preparation on? Uh, planning and how y'all decide what y'all want to uh how does how y'all how do y'all decide what you're going to plant uh in what field and areas okay well this is uh me and lake talked about this a couple of days ago actually and we were uh talking about see last year we actually moved camps we've been hunting on the mississippi river at cottonmouth for six or seven seasons and uh Anyway, the river had gotten so rough on us over there, we decided it was time to run for high ground. And uh, so we got a new place called Kudzu Bluff. And uh, we moved up there last year. It's over here in Mississippi. And uh, 
it was a deal, man. We same exactly what you're asking is what we had to figure out. You know, we had to figure out uh, what worked best in certain areas and what didn't work in certain spots. And uh, pretty much what we did last year was uh, kind of did the shotgun approach on all our plots. Like we planted more of a certain thing in one and less in the other and, you know, vice versa, trying to figure out what was going to do best on that particular place based on, you know, the soil and uh, the way the, the way the moisture holds in the soil is a big, big deal too, because now we're in the hills. So when it rains a lot, all that water pretty much runs off really fast unless you find a flat spot. But uh, that's been an interesting learning factor too is a lot of these spots dry out way faster than I'm used to, you know? Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of like how we are. We're, we're in the foothills, I guess, of the Appalachian, Appalachian Mountains. Uh, so we, we're very – when y'all, y'all – I listened to y'all's podcast and y'all talked about having a little bit more terrain in that that's that's more of what we we ain't got no flat ground <laughs> no, we got plenty of terrain <laughs> we, we, we're yeah. on lookout mountain so we we really you know, look out sand mountain skyline mountains we, we've got all that and it's it's rough and it's it, and it makes it it makes it also tough to really plant in general in these areas uh as far as finding a place to plant food plots because some areas you ain't got nothing but rock right and uh, one thing I have, you know, pretty much you can't put a food plot really where you need to or it's based on your property lines and all that because of all this topography. You kind of have the top of the ridges, and if you can get down in the bottom of these hollers, if they're flat, most of them are, like, straight down and straight back up. And uh, so you pretty much just got the top of the ridges to work with. So you just kind of got to pick what you got and go with it, you know? Yeah, and then that, that's... And that's a lot of this this area in our area we ain't got a lot of well i say a lot of there's certain there's like it's spotty as far as land that's leasable big tracts of land paper company land is what we call it or timber company land uh where you would lease for hunting land other than some farms that you may lease that also run cattle and that and that kind of limits people to what they can really do on that area as far as prepping and green fields go or food plots and people around here call them green fields but uh <laughs> food, food patches yeah yeah whatever you whatever your term is for that area and that that's that seems like it's a hard thing to do i know a lot of people around here just plant oats um just because oats will grow on concrete <laughs> yeah and uh yeah that's better than nothing but there's a lot more nutritional things out there for sure well, one of the things I hear, I still hear this a lot, but you do hear a lot of people getting away from it as we have learned more about what deer eat and how they digest their food and all that. And, you know, where I grew up at in central Mississippi, it was your ryegrass spot. That's what you plant is ryegrass, old Marshall ryegrass. Well, come to find out, it ain't all that good for deer, you know, but you just like you're talking about with oats, heck, you water cement with that stuff and you can grow your crop of grass yeah uh, that's uh what is it but that's how uh that's how people have done around here we've kind of got creative we, we've been trying different things and this year we're going to try a little bit different things on uh noah's place and see see what see what works best we planted some turnips last year um they did all right yeah and we, we planted sorghum uh 
we planted sorghum for the doves, but then ended up using it for deer more than we did doves. <laughs> yeah, our dove shoot wasn't real hot. If you can get a good head on that sorghum, deer will love it. Yeah, and and that, and you know here in Alabama we can we can bait uh, pretty. If you can in, afford it. Yeah, if if you can afford it this year, <laughs> uh, but you can bait. So uh, that that has opened the window up for a lot of hunters around here. But this year, I think it's going to push a lot of a lot of people that think about it. Maybe not your younger guys. It's just they don't pay attention, or somebody just don't pay attention to cost. Um, they're just going to go in there and buy a bag of corn because they buy it by the bag. But if you're buying it by the tonnage, uh, yeah, which is what we do, it's, it's yeah, real yeah, twelve dollars a bag <laughs> versus seven last year. That's a big difference, yeah, and, especially uh, when you're buying eighty bags at a time. So we're we're turning around. We're looking at hey, we're going to improve our food plots more, and we ain't going to worry about that. We're going to do minerals like we have in the past, and mm-hmm. which we've been doing minerals, but we're going to keep doing our minerals and do our food plots. And try to improve them because I can spend a whole lot more on seed than I can on corn. Mineral. Yeah. And the thing is, we ain't been legal to hunt over corn, but what, two? Three years. This will be three years? Yeah. So we know, I mean, we grew up hunting. I mean, we hunt travel routes. We hunt where the deer's going to be, where they're going to travel. So we don't need the corn. I mean, it was nice when we could afford it, but it's not something we've always had the luxury of hunting over. So, I mean, we don't need it, but. Right. And, uh. Man, one thing that I have found out was, you know, work with us with these food plots and uh, talking about u- using corn or whatever, you know, if you've got a feeder out there, you still got to go in and refill it every so often. And uh, one thing about planting food plots, if you get it in there good and get a good crop coming up and all that, you can kind of just back away from that spot for four or five months, you know. You don't really have to go in there unless you're hunting. Yeah, that, that's one thing I have... I have noticed uh, with with even running trail cameras, people want to go in there constantly, and that that's just a big. I about rather take that camera out and throw it over here in the pile. Once I mean once rifle season, not rifle season. We don't hunt during rifle season, but once bow season starts, see what I got there. But I, I don't want to have to go in there and check it, and I'm not going to go in there and check it unless I'm going to that stand or in that area. Yeah, and that's, you know, the, talking about that, I mean, we can uh, keep on food plots for a minute, but uh, we can change right fast and chase a rabbit hole on this camera <laughs> since you brought it up. <laughs> and, uh, but one of the things that's absolutely changing the game, and, like, I started using them last year really heavy, and that's cell cameras. Like, to me, they're worth every penny that they cost. I know they're expensive, but it's a pretty good investment if you're really serious about trying to find one particular deer and you don't want to put pressure on them, you know? Yeah, and, I, and we'll, let's go ahead and finish out our food plots and that because <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll get to well, that. Yeah, we'll get excited we'll yeah, yeah, because uh, that's a question I'd like to ask y'all about is them camera. Y'all sell, we run cell cameras too. <laughs> on, on one farm. Yeah, on one farm and it, it's, we, we're having some issues. <laughs> but, uh, I uh, but, uh, but talking about food plots, man, uh, you're talking about planting turnips and stuff. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to probably plant is uh, some type of brassica. 
And uh, the reason why I do it, which I'll plant three or four different types, which we've got a seed blend that has all this put in it. But uh, there's a, there, per brassica or per plant in that family, a lot of them have different dates, like maturity dates that a deer start using on that. And uh, one thing I've always liked to do is plant a variety, even if it's in the Nebraska family. You know, it may be daikon radishes, it may be purple tops, it may be seven tops, it may be some, just a variety of different kind of turnip plants. And uh, I found that deer will start using like a daikon radish earlier than the season. And then as it gets colder and uh, frost, we've all heard the talk about the frost, making sugar and all this stuff, but it's... Uh, really benefit especially on turn uh purple top turnips they seem to really turn on on them after it starts getting really cold yeah well that's one thing we've we noticed not going not near really a hunting food plot but um you know we have all everybody has these sunflower fields people go plant well they plant them sunflowers at different dates that way they constantly have sunflowers that way people can come take pictures and look at them but uh, mm-hmm. we planted sunflowers for doves, and it didn't turn out worth a hoot because our no. that would be a good early season. Oh, the uh, deer's at the top side. Yes, I'm talking about they, our, our sunflowers were wiped. We planted two, 300 pounds of sunflower seeds in a few acres, and we couldn't get them to come up. They were coming up, but we couldn't. they would never get really big because the deer were eating them, mowing them down. Yeah. I actually, I hunted in North Dakota. The first time I'd ever even heard of a deer eating a sunflower, I went up there early season one year, like in, it was like late August, early September on a deer hunt. And uh, I was filming with Mossy Oak at that time. And I was, we talked to the guide there. He's like, yeah, we're going to go put you on a sunflower field this afternoon. I said, do what? <laughs> and uh, we got set up in a stand that afternoon and like, I felt like I was in National Geographic with all the deer that were piling off of this big ridge coming off into these big sunflower fields. Like, I bet we saw 200 deer there. It was actually incredible. Well, our dove field, it, or that dove field that year was is right in front of my brother-in-law's house. Or not right in front of it, several hundred yards down the ridge. But he could sit there, and I'm he'd send me pictures. He said the deer are mowing them down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every evening, they'd I be just out sit there on the just, porch and watch them. just killing them. And, you know, I, I don't know what time. When does y'all season, archery season, start over in Mississippi? First October. I think y'all come in middle of October. 15th. And that, that's one thing that we – Don't get us started on that either. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about is uh which is coming uh we, we're friends with a lot of guys in the that are in the department of natural resources and it's coming for us uh especially on this georgia line that first of october's coming fast uh mm-hmm. faster than they're faster than everybody else is expecting and we're actually looking forward to it and due to the and by this february 15th stuff we got going on Go away. Our 10th, yeah, February 10th stuff for us up in our area of the state, it's, we're dead. There's no root. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, we, we don't have that anymore. We're done here. And if we would move to that October 1, one reason we always said we want to move to October run is one is because the mass crops ain't started dropping yet. And um, for our area, deer are very patternable <laughs> up until about yeah. the 13th of October. <laughs> about, about two days before deer season. No. We have been running cameras for five years I mean, on every, have, everywhere. 
We'd oh. have bachelor groups all day. Till the 13th. And then two days for bow season. That's, and you, then you walk in the woods and it feels like you're walking on gravel. Yeah, so many acorns on the ground. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, we feel that here too. It seems like, boy, if you could deer hunt in September here, you could kill your giant every year. Then it seems like about that time. I mean, a few people that have really been doing their homework, you always see it. You know, they'll kill two or three big deer that open a week. And uh, after that, it gets tough. Yes, it, it gets real. It's... It gets tough until them that mass crop or them acorns go away. And some years it seems like them acorns. I've, that year we had drought. It was it was like walking on gravel. You'd roll your ankle on the mansion area even. It, it was it was bad. But uh, yeah, we've been we've been experimenting with that. And I know y'all do a lot of soil testing. Where, do y'all send them to like Mississippi State to get your soil test or? Shoot, man. To be honest, we ain't even done one on this new place. Uh, I've always been just kind of figure it out as we go. We need to do it. It's just a lack of having time to do it and being lazy, honestly. Yeah, we we haven't got to do them. I, and heck, I come from Auburn, work for the College of Ag, and uh, they do them for I think five ten dollars. Uh, they'll do a soil test. All you have to do is go to the extension office and get a get a piece of paper and send it in. And uh, yeah. we we've just been we kind of do our thing. Uh, which I, I kind of can, with my background, I kind of can look at things and say, hey, we need this on this area and we need this in here, kind of, due, yeah. due to how how I came up in my in my studies and that. So, as far as when it goes to planting and that, but uh, it's... That's pretty much what we do, too. I mean, most of this stuff around here, I've always been a big believer you can't put too much fertilizer as long as you don't burn something up. And uh, that's pretty much what we live off of right now. We pretty pretty heavy, and uh, haven't had bad results yet. Now coming with the fertilize, this ain't talking about deer, but turkeys. I don't know how it is over toward y'all's area. I do know y'all have some big poultry producers, but we we are like poultry capital of the world over here. I'm talking about that's all that we have is chicken plants and chicken houses and uh, we have a lot of places getting fertilizer and i know there's been studies on looking at that for turkey poults do, do y'all use uh chicken litter at all on fertilize no uh, i'm using usually either pelletized triple 13 or triple 19 when what we've been doing is uh we'll actually mix it in the seed bogey that way we're doing a one 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 pass deal then we'll cover it and then uh, do all our small seed on top yep that's that's we we ain't use no chicken litter on our areas but we like one of our green fields is part of a hay field and do they use yeah they spread chicken litter and so lime. Right. <laughs> and lime on it so it's just it's hard to outrun it here and and no matter if they spread it on your area or not every cow pasture in the 300 mile radius is getting it spread on it so you know there's draft uh, yeah and uh, I grew up on a chicken farm, so I know all about that too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, let's let's we go on the the. the you talking about the the cell cameras? I, I know y'all are talking about y'all are in a more of a I don't know mountainous terrain. Uh, that that's one thing we we think is an advantage on cell cam. I think it's gonna yeah they're a little bit more on the startup end, but I think in the long run they'll save you money. And they're going to save you time and they're going to make you, uh, you ain't going to put as much pressure in there because you ain't going in and out. And you ain't got to drive checking cameras. But 
what we found out is we have the hardest time finding an area Service. that they pick up. Really? I'll say we ain't got that problem here. We seem to have pretty good cell service, but uh, at Cottonmouth, we did deal with that. And uh, it just what it was, you couldn't find service over there. You just, they're pretty much the same as the SD camera at that point. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, that's, we've, we've literally got. We've got antennas 10, 12 foot up in some yeah, trees. Yeah, we've had to take ladders up in trees and <laughs> put antennas in them to get a bar. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes. And if the wind blows just right, you ain't going to get them to send you, anywhere. You ain't going to get them to send there either. And we have a hard time with our batteries, uh, it seems like. But I think that has a lot of. A lot to do with the service. Service. It's searching for service constantly. Yeah, pretty much everything we run, we just run straight up. Uh, you have to pay for them, but the Energizer Lithiums is about the only thing you can run a cell cam on. Yeah. Well, that farm that we've actually got all cell cameras on, we're running solar-powered battery packs. We leave it at the base volts. of the tree and it plugs straight into the camera, and you don't have to worry about it as long as you can get a little sunlight. Which yeah, has helped those a lot. Things are pretty cool too. I haven't had any experience with them yet, but I did just order about fifteen of them another day, so we're gonna get them all hooked up. <laughs> oh yeah, that we've. I'm wondering where you found fifteen of them at. <laughs> they, they just came in stock. <laughs> Uh, we've been looking for trail cameras here. Like we said, well, we're gonna swap some of our trail cameras out. Some of them getting on to that age that they ain't working correctly. Yeah. And I was like, it was. Well, well, they got them in stock on at Bushnell right now. So <laughs> you go look on there. All uh, right, because we, I, I was like, we, I was down at a store that was having a sale down in Birmingham, Marks Outdoors, and we, we was down there, and it's like, well, I just wait. I should have picked up the trail cameras we needed to, and I was like, we can't find them nowhere. Everything's that's, so. Dude, that's one uh, one thing that we threw a big hitch in our giddy up last year with planting everything was stuff being out of stock. Everywhere you looked, you couldn't get anything. Oh yeah, and I, I imagine y'all had to do a lot of work on this place. Yeah, <laughs> be an understatement. And, and that, that's what. And, and, and two, in the mountainous terrain, it, it, it also I feel like it makes it hard for you to approach an area uh, at times from the best approach. Uh, it does, and that's one thing that uh, yesterday and today I've been spraying food plots. Well, heck, I had didn't spray about four of them because every time we went in there and hunted them last year, the wind was swirling or either your approach wasn't good, so... I'm not going to waste the money on those spots that we're not going to benefit from for us to be able to hunt them. Yeah, and that, that's kind of like uh, my brother-in-law's place over here. We've kind of, it's been a, we, we've got, we ain't got but a few stands that we can really, we can't hunt but one side of the property pretty much uh, and approach it the best way you, unless you hunt in the evening and then our evening times are kind of, we're cut short in the evening uh depends on what time of year it is and what's going on uh usually them times are spent with the with the wife um but that makes it hard for us because the only spots you can approach in the evening you about have to be on the other property yeah right that's what we ran into too is the approach is good just on somebody else's property yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that that makes it that makes it tough on on several of our because here that place we've got we've pretty much got the largest bedding area and pretty much that part of the county 
and it's pretty it's good bedding area but you gotta walk just about right through it and be able to yeah get the stands because everything else is neighboring properties mm -hmm. the best way to get in anyway yeah. Well, you just need to come off some of that money and go ahead and buy the neighbors out. We done, we done, we looked, we, at, we looked at doing that. I, <laughs> we looked at one spot, it was what, 80 something acres? They wanted $249,000 for it. <laughs> Told them they could kiss it. <laughs> and they had done, come in and cut 90% of, of the timber off of it. Good I thought them they done lost their mind. Yeah, they. Uh, I hear a lot of stories like that with the real estate stuff. Oh, oh yeah, uh, we're friends with, uh, actually, his wife was uh, my eighth grade ag teacher. Uh, his daddy-in-law was my our football coach. Uh, you know, Ben Richardson with Whitetail Properties? I know who he is, yeah. Yep. I, I, I might have met, I don't know. Yeah, he, he's, he, he and my dad's he's good one, friends. He's one of our customers. Yeah, right and uh, he, uh, that's, we've been working with him, we kind of, that's what we're talking about. We said we're fishing. I'm done hunting other people's property and leasing it. We're fishing to buy our own place, and um, but finding that place that we really want, and uh, that way we can set it up the way we want it, and uh, you ain't got to worry about, about getting kicked off. Yeah, of it. you put more money into something that you you own. Yeah, and uh, that's one thing. Like talking about land, and I didn't realize it till I started doing, you know, being a, a realtor. Uh, if you can knock down a down payment on something, I mean, it really doesn't cost you a whole lot to own a place, you know? Yeah, that's, especially if you look at the price of, I know people in Alabama paying two, $3,000 for a hunting club. I'm like, you could split it with a, your you and your brother-in-law or your daddy or somebody, you and a couple other guys, you wouldn't have $3,000 in a land payment a year a piece yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> like y'all are there wouldn't be 25 people hunting it every yeah they would yeah you ain't gonna have near the pressure either you ain't gonna have nothing but appreciation happen too yeah I, that's that's exactly right and we've well that's what we we've come to realize because it's just it's because it, we have we have a place that's a cattle farm or they want to be cattle farmers they ain't cattle farmers um Try though. Yeah, they try, and now they built two sets of chicken houses, and, and something changes every year. We got to change something every single year, and uh, they, can't it, hunt this spot no more. Can't hunt that spot. Yeah, and deer don't like cattle. I don't. Not in Alabama, at least. <laughs> yeah, they ain't a big fan of them anywhere. <laughs> oh, we, we go over someplace and they ain't got cows one day, and I, I'm, I'm when I say they don't like cattle with this farm we got, they have. It is a cutover that they're turning their cows out in. It's not a pasture. No. <laughs> it's a solid 15-year-old cutover. Like, there ain't nothing but trails in it. <laughs> and they'll turn their cows out there just to have a... They're still having to feed them hay. I'm like, couldn't you have fed them hay over here in the pasture? Hey, they, they're using that land for a tax credit. They got to run cows on them. <laughs> That's exactly right. right. They're using... But we, we've actually... We've, we've priced several that piece of land right there, and it was... They wanted a good penny for it to for what they had, but they sold it. But I they sold it to somebody out of state out or a good ways away. We don't know what it's going to be, or we're actually going to try to get turkey rights to it this upcoming season if they don't turkey hunt. Where at my place? Uh oh, somebody from Birmingham. Yeah, something. That's a some idiot paid two hundred something thousand dollars for those eighty acres. <laughs> 
Uh oh, but they, uh, yeah, that's a, uh, we've been working with them to try to find that piece of property that's right for us, and it ain't got to be nothing magnificent, but something that we can work with, and uh, that's a, that's a, a work in progress. I, I do have yeah. quite, getting off the subject of the prep for the season, um, do y'all process y'all's deer y'all self or uh do y'all have a processor man i do a little bit of all of it i got like enough stuff to be dangerous with forest processing i can do like a hamburger and i you know do steaks and all that kind of stuff but far as like making sausage i can get that done here in brandon mississippi yeah that that's work yeah <laughs> the that's what we we do a little bit of everything we do every we offer everything snack sticks Summer sausage, summer jerky, sausage, smoked sausages, yeah, jerky, bologna, everything, and it's just, and that, and me and Noah pretty much, Noah's fisting to get the real taste of it. My dad turning all the, I'm pretty much over everything, but summer sausage, cooking wise, and he's fisting to start cooking uh, summer sausage, and that's what he, we said, it's 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 a chore, and. Uh, but. Oh yeah, I mean every year when we come back from elk hunting, I spend at least two or three days putting all that, cutting it, making hamburger and some packaging in it, and all that. You know, it takes a while. Yeah, that's a that's a which I love it. I, I love cutting our own meat, and that's the way we started out was cutting our own meat. But then my dad worked for a steel company, and when the economy crashed, he had already been tinkering in taxidermy work, and he ended up just. He came out, started his own business, and now we process over 1,500 deer a year, uh, 175 shoulder mounts, not counting all the odd and ends, bobcats, ducks, ducks, and everything else we do. But just shoulder mounts, we do 175 about it a year, and uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a full time chore, full time side job. <laughs> I understand, yeah. and that's that's what one thing we talk to people about. They always say, "Man, I can't, I can't," because my dad he goes on a bunch of hunts, and uh, but not during deer season. Not during deer season, we don't get to rifle hunt a lot, and because uh, once rifle season opens up, it's it's all we can do to breathe. And right. uh, they they always ask us, they say, "Man, it's just too expensive to go on them hunts." And uh, we've always told them, we said, it, it's not too expensive. Just take, for instance, how much you, and I, we love killing whitetail deer, but I said, how much do you spend a year in Alabama on whitetail deer? Oh, it equals out being about $1,000 a pound. <laughs> yeah, that right. yeah, exactly. yeah, that's what somebody, my dad's always said, he said, he told him, he said, deer meat is not cheaper. No, <laughs> than beef. beef is a lot cheaper <laughs> he said if you're the one doing the killing he yeah. said now if you're just buying a donate deer somebody that somebody didn't pick up yeah it's cheaper but deer meat is not cheaper if you're the one doing the hunting and killing not at all <laughs> he said we do it for because we love it he said we, we do every bit of this because we love doing what we do and uh but that's what he told he said y'all y'all pay attention to that he said you could go on these hunts and uh enjoy it and he said that's he said that's coming from me he said that's all i got an option to do he said that's why he that's why i text you during uh during the spring about texas <laughs> on them turkey hunts because they were down there and no kidding they got stuck they they got they this guy said oh yeah i have like two thousand acres 
it was two it was a two thousand acre milo field with bordered by three high fences. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't feed the birds. <laughs> the, yeah, the, dude, I, I've always heard these stories about Texas, but I have yet to experience all that crazy turkey hunting. Every time I've ever been, that's been a grind. Yeah, that, that dad and them went one year. He that's what he said. He said you find a place and you think it's good, and uh, he said then you go back and then it's horrible. And that, that's about that's what he said. They went to this, but he said they had birds. He said an opening weekend, he seen some pictures of them. They murdered them. Well, they had fed for opening weekend. And he said, mm-hmm. and he said, Dad said, y'all been feeding them at opening weekend. He said, yeah, but we ain't done that since. He said, well, that's, he said, I don't care if they're feed out here, but he said, don't tell me you're going to put me on birds or you're going to have birds for us. And uh, they're going to fly out into a thousand acre milo field with no cover. And he, he said, it makes it hard. Um uh, he said, because you put, in a, literally, he said, our backs set on the fence. And um, he said, that made it tough. And he went back out there, and I think he, did he shoot two more? He, oh, yeah. he I think he finished his tags out when he went back a couple weeks later. But he, now he does, he likes Kansas and Nebraska a good bit. He likes going out there to shoot birds. Right. That's, that's just, that's where he wants to go. And he, and we've, we've talked about going. To what was it? Anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Pretty much anywhere. We 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 go anywhere. That's about like I am. I just I like going new places. Yeah, and the, what what all have y'all? What's y'all's elk uh, season looking like this year? Oh, uh, it's pretty much normal. Um, we're doing the New Mexico thing, which we've been doing that. Or Primos has for twenty plus years, and. uh Wilbur drew an Arizona tag, so he'll be going to Arizona this year too, and that's going to be all we do. Hmm. Well, that's a. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a. It's definitely, man. It's it's one. I don't know if you've ever been or not, but it's a. It's worth going and experiencing elk during the rut. It's a. It's something special for sure. Yeah, that that that's that's on the, the the bucket list for sure. Cause we and I'd like to do it more than that, but we've uh. I've actually, we was actually, me and my wife was planning on going on a bear hunt this past year together. We was going to go to Canada and, uh, well, we got pregnant, had a baby. So that cut that out. Um, and then we was, I was planning, we was planning on some other trips this upcoming season. And then, uh, we, my brother-in-law here, he won an Africa trip for two. Uh, so. So we're going to Africa. <laughs> That's on my to-do list too. Uh, oh. I've. I never had much a desire to go do that until I actually heard somebody talking about it that had been, and it's supposedly a really fun, fun time. Hey, and my dad, my dad's been twice. He went one year on a discounted hunt because a guy won a hunt, uh, and he that uh, outfitter said, "Hey, if you can get one more guy, I'll give him a discount." And he went on a spare of a drop of the hat kind of deal, and then he went uh, this past year. Uh, and this spring, this past spring, yeah, this past spring, he killed his Cape Buffalo, um, all kinds of junk, and that, and he 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 said he he wasn't planning on killing a Cape, but you know Africa's been shut down when they hadn't have hunters in a. He was the first hunter over there. Yeah, he over was the a year. Yeah, he is the first hunter with this outfitter in over a year. So he he got a very good deal on. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> <part of> <laughs> 
economy over there. Yeah, that, that, so he, and he said, I know if I don't take it now, I'll never be able to not not afford it. He said, but I won't want to spend what it costs to kill one. He, he yeah. said, and so he worked that deal out and got him a Cape Buffalo, but he uh, – he went to, he said if you go over he said you can't go over just once he, he he loves it he said it ain't just them treating you well he said that ain't the loving part he said it's that it's nothing but animals animals and hunting he, he said that literally he said you come in for lunch and you go right back out and he said it's it's amazing hey can't beat that no he, he said it's which he's went and killed his osceola and or oscillated in mexico in his goods and he he said i'd rather go to africa he said i love turkey hunting he said i he said i'm much he said he don't he likes kill it he likes hunting the goods better than the oscillated right i, I would i could see that he said it's not really a turkey i don't think no <laughs> he said it, it's a he said it's a he said they're beautiful and he said it's a different like he went with it's like the only outfitter down there uh, right. Big time outfit. He's at the NWTF El every ha- year. El Hakun. El Hakun, uh and the way they hunt and the way we hunt are two different things. And he said that's they're trying to get them locals, the guides, to hunt like that. And he said it's it's a hard thing to do. Like they they want you to shoot them out of a tree, spotlight them. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Which they got they. They sell them for like they'll shoot them and sell them for like five ten dollars and they but he said he that guy told him he said I'm trying to teach them that hey if you don't if you just let us hunt them he said I'll give you fifty dollars a bird <laughs> don't don't go poach them <laughs> yeah absolutely he said I'll pay for I'll give you the money you want he said just don't but he said they they don't they don't comprehend it he said they can't see that they'll make more money that way and that, that's it's been a that that's one thing we we give up a lot of our whitetail season to just be able to go do other things which we ain't got much of a choice if we're gonna hunt we gotta go do something else other yeah, than whitetail absolutely. hunt absolutely that's the way I am too I mean I love the whole prep work of deer season I love all that that goes into and I I like deer hunting a lot but if I had to pick one or the other it's gonna be turkey you know that's just my thing yep yeah that's and, how I am yep that's how I love shoot. I love archery season, and uh, I'll shoot my bow all year long. I've I've went, I've went a couple years, and well, last year I never picked up a gun. Year, couple years in college before I had to work all the time uh, at the meat shop on my off days when I'd come back home, and that I would uh, I never picked up a gun. I I went bow hunting even on. I went to the mansionary on a gun hunt with a bow, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I've just had success, and that's what I like. Um, but uh, it's it's always, and I, I do enjoy. That's what I'm taking my bow to Africa. I said I, I don't care. I said if I have to, I'll rent a gun. If I, if it comes down to it, and I can't kill nothing with a bow, I said I'll I'll rent a gun. But I want to try it with my bow. That's my goal. Yeah. And that's that's what they've yeah he that, that will i can tell you when we get back come we're going spring break for our spring break here or to school that way i ain't got to take off them days and i can tell you there how fun go. it is <laughs> it, it's gonna be a should be fun we got eight guys going with us it, it's it's something that i never thought i'd get to do to be honest with you we, we've been to, 
fortunate for sure. But man, yeah, I'm saying, well, it's on my to do list too one day. Yep. And y'all have any special deer hunts planned this year? Oh, I drew an Iowa tag, so I guess that'll be something special. I've been trying to crap. It's taken me uh, six years to get it, or yeah, uh, five years. I'm sorry. I started putting in for points up there in 2016 and uh, didn't put in the draw last year just because of all of what was going on. So I finally put in this year and uh, drew it. So well, well, that's one thing we actually. We kind of, there for a minute, looked at a place in Iowa to lease because it was mm -hmm. cheap. <laughs> but the problem was... Is, getting to Iowa all the time. We can barely get down the road to hunt, much less getting to but, Iowa. Yeah, get to Iowa or pull the draw on a tag. I said... Well, that, yeah, you'd only get to hunt it once every five years. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, it's cheap, but the year you get to hunt it you technically have as much as you have on the one year lease anywhere else mm -hmm. yep. but they uh you know with that going on we're looking forward to keeping our fingers crossed may not like you said with when i talked about the national ffa convention that going on getting to, uh, keeping our fingers crossed that we still have nwtf this year I hope so. Supposed to. They announced it the other day, so I mm. think we're planning on being there as far as I know. That's me and uh, well, we're actually planning on coming up and actually staying this year. Probably we're gonna work with some of our partners, um, Rectifier and Conviction, and uh, set with or help them in the booth there this year and kind of, which I'm gonna plan on staying anyways because I'm we're gonna bring the baby that way the wife can go back and forth and ain't gotta there be there go. all all the time. You go uh, working with convention, uh, conviction game calls. Yep. So you know Corey Ellis then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Scott or something else. Yeah. Them guys, Rectifier, the uh, and Three Rivers Coffee. Uh, I got you. Three Rivers won't be there, uh, but you know them. Them guys are pretty good. I was. The rectifier guys are good Christian guys. They're, they're which Corey and them are Corey too. And but, too. But the rectifier guys, they they're really good we, guys. We actually met them at the NWTF yeah, convention two years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they they said, "What y'all about?" And yeah, he seen the logo on our shirt, and it's got a cross in, incorporated in the middle of it. And he said, "What's that? What what are y'all? What are y'all about?" And we just hit it off from there, and, <laughs> and then we had a choke tube sponsor out of nowhere. So. <laughs> Yeah, you can't beat that. No. It's no. crazy how connections get made over the years if you're in the right place at the right yeah. time. That's our favorite place to go. I, we go, we've been to the the World Deer Expo and that. Man, but that I, don't even compare. No. They say largest deer expo in the world. You can fit 10 of them inside that NWTF convention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's we, we end up, we enjoy that trip up there every year. And we, yeah. I just enjoyed the laid back atmosphere. Of it. Just yeah. everybody. First time I ever went up there, I didn't know what in the world was going on. I didn't know there was that many people turkey hunting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but I guess we'll sh shut this thing out, man. Uh, it's been 40, about 45 minutes going here. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I, every time I try to laugh at something y'all say, I pull the muscle in my back today and I, it catches me and I feel like I'm my dude. Oh, hey, uh, shout out, I'll give a shout out to, uh, 
I, I know y'all have talked about it because I, I, when I mow a yard or when I mow the yard and that, I, I'll put podcast on and I'll listen to it usually. I'll usually listen to Primo's uh, Undertaker. Uh, he's seeing a lake of oh, turkey sling. Yeah. Yeah, Thunder. Uh, remember the, yeah, that he actually he is from right here. Yeah, he graduated with my wife, and me uh, we we know them pretty good. So I yeah. I give a I, shout out to Remington. Oh. Yeah, I know Lake Lake used that that tote. And he appreciated that fellow making it for. Oh yeah, he he's a good good guy for sure. Uh, but. Yeah, we'll get closed out here. Let you get back to your family. I know my wife's probably gonna kill me. She's been with the baby all day. <laughs> uh, yeah, you better get going. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, we appreciate it, and we hope to have you back on. Maybe after Absolutely. you kill a big elk or something. Sounds good, boys. Well, I enjoyed it. I'll talk to y'all later. We'll see. Bye. All right, everybody. That was Jordan with Primos uh, on the podcast today. Real informative. Real cool guy to talk with, which Will's, him and Will talk all the time. They got each other's numbers, so they're always in contact. But uh, we hope y'all liked it. Hope y'all enjoyed it. As always, check out Three Rivers Coffee, Rectifier Choke Tubes, Conviction Game Calls, and Serious Wind Indicators. Use the code WC Outdoors at checkout to get you a little discount. Uh, as always, hope to see y'all back next time. Thank y'all, guys.